Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. season Thank we got some God. football stuff to talk about <laughs> and we got the crew we got lj pops with us uncle tony's in here what is going on guys what's happening uh, hello we we have i mean it I, i'm not gonna i feel like we do this every year but it feels like this is the perfect quarterback matchup the nfl could ask for right i mean it's yeah the guy who yeah. is probably i mean the guy who is the goat but going against the guy who is the greatest quarterback currently playing in Patrick Mahomes, it what's let's what what I want to go straight off pops initial thoughts on the Chiefs Bucks Tom Brady Mahomes Super Bowl matchup. Initial thoughts: It's going to be a great game. I'm excited for it. I can't wait. I'm a little uh, let's see. Brady played poorly in the second half of the playoff game, the championship game. Um, so I think there's some concern there. I think the Bucks D won the game for them, and I am really worried about Eric Fisher, that left tackle for Kansas City, being out because you know who lines up over him, JPP. And I know I'm giving a little ring to the pod, but Jason we're down with JPP. <laughs> we down with JPP. Jason Pierre-Paul had a hell of a game, in my opinion, uh, last week. Um, other thoughts? Can anyone stop Hill or Kelsey? Anyone? No. I'm like no. Bueller, Bueller. No. <laughs> you know, anybody? No. Well, uh, can Goodwin can can Godwin catch the ball or not? I think that's something we need to debate. <laughs> ever since Mike Tirico and uh, Tony Dungy said that Brady told them that he has the best hands he's ever played, he's with. dropped he's one a game a at least. It's <laughs> ridiculous. So I don't know. Those are some initial thoughts that I kind of had. Well, off the cuff. I know. I know. It looks like the folks in Vegas still seem to think Chiefs are the team to beat. They have them on. Where LJ? Can I ask you? Yeah. If you were going to be betting online, say you can't get to Vegas, you can't get to the game, but you want to get it on the action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Where would you go? I'm trying to think of. If they all, if there was a place that had a good name to where you just well, you know, it's funny you think of that because online. it's really easy for me to remember where to go because if I'm looking for a place to bet online, I go to bet online. I mean, that's what I do. That's all I do. <laughs> what intuitive name? I mean, yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, that just seems to be perfect. Bet online. Oh, that's right. Football's full effect. We got NBA going. The the LeBron's putting on an MVP uh, campaign again. I guess I, he, we got Brady and LeBron. They just don't age. I guess they forgot how to because now all they do is just get to the <laughs> finals and Super Bowl. 
And Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And I did a little uh, looking around. We already have some props up, some pretty good stuff. I don't know. Next week will probably be the oh, you know we'll hit them next week for sure. Game props, yeah. But they're already. If you kind of want to get some early action, Bet Online right now has some 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 action for you on all the props. And if you head to Bet Online today and use the promo code Armchair, you can take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. That is the promo code Armchair A R M C H A I R at Bet Online. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Uncle Tony, you still have uh, the, the the kid, the boy Wonder behind you on your background there with uh, Patrick Mahomes. I do. So what are your initial thoughts? Can anybody, anybody stop Mahomes? Or is he just unstoppable at this point? Uh, I, I, you can concuss him. <laughs> well, apparently not. Uh, but, <laughs> well, uh, they were talking allegedly. before that last game. They were talking before that last game how serious that turf toe is, and that the yeah. concussion might not be the serious thing. It's the turf toe. And I thought, well, can a Mahomes at 70% still win? He looked pretty dang good on Sunday. Yeah, there's there's no doubt that Patrick Mahomes is playing at a, an extreme level uh, for a quarterback. And so – uh yeah, you can stop him. It, 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 the, the percentages of stopping him are very, very low. However, I think uh, uh, Dr. Liff uh, astutely uh, called out the issue that Patrick Mahomes has, and that's uh, Eric Fisher's absence. And uh, so we're going to need to see how that plays out. But I, I tell you what, you give Andy Reid two weeks, and he probably has a decent offensive game plan to uh, to mitigate uh, that mismatch that they're going to have on that left side. Yep. I I am a little concerned. We already, so you had already, I think in our group text, I think you had sent it, Tony, but just the fact that there's a lot of seventh round picks on that. There's not a lot of high rounders that's on that offensive line. And JPP looks like the JPP back in 2007. That was, or whenever they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I mean, he has completely turned that his career around. He's back to a stud. And then, Jack Barrett on the other side, that dude was back there oh, man. all night long. And then Vita Vea and, and Devin White. That, that Devin Bucks defense White. is tough. Devin White, yeah. <laughs> that Bucks so, yeah. defense is really yeah, me, good. Yeah. Here's a just just so I could, if you don't mind, let me read this off. Another IT department um, over at Prestige Worldwide sent this to us. And at, we asked so, for some IT for sure. Yeah. So um and and they certainly do a lot of Chiefs research, but um <laughs> yeah. they're starting line. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they're starting uh their starting line. Um uh Rimmers is gonna start left tackle. He has zero starts at left tackle uh since twenty sixteen. Uh their left guard, uh Allegretti was a seventh rounder. Their center uh uh Ryder's a seventh rounder, Wisniewski was cut by the Steelers uh in uh November. Uh, starting at right guard, and they have an undrafted free agent uh, who was drafted as was signed as a guard, playing right tackle in Wiley. So that line is uh, patchwork. Uh, now, the, a couple of those guys have been starters all year, but man, that's tough to be going against those uh, gentlemen you just lined up, uh, just uh, named off on that other side of the football for the uh, for the Bucks. But it. When it comes to the Chiefs, and LJ, I know this annoys you because you're not the biggest Chiefs, you're the Bronco in here, but what I just don't know if they just don't seem to be stopped with the combination of 
it's hard enough, I think, for a team to have to figure out a way to guard Tyreek Hill or guard Travis Kelsey. But then you got both of them and possibly the best arm we've seen. I, I'm not going to call him the GOAT or anything like that because we'll have to see. But just the way he's playing right now, can the Bucks slow down Patrick Mahomes, LJ? What do you think? No, 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 they can't. I mean, I <laughs> I am with the the offensive line looks bad and, and Green Bay uh, was – Bakhtiari still didn't play, right? So uh, we've right. seen what – And that, that affected things. What, I've seen what Tampa can do to an offensive line. finally showed up. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think that would be the only way is if you get to Mahomes, but Mahomes is hard to get to. And like Tony said last week, the bills needed him to make a stupid mistake and he doesn't do it. Um, and so, uh, I mean, I think the, the Buccaneers are going to have to face that idea. Um, I'm just, I don't want to watch the Super Bowl. I mean, ads are pulling out. I hate the two teams in it. I just don't, I'm not interested. I don't care. Oh my God. I do. I will throw out a tone and we were talking about, uh, Eric Fisher being out and how that could be bad. In 2019, they did play eight games without Eric Fisher from weeks two to ten. And Mahomes threw for 281 yards a game, 15 touchdowns, one interception, 110 passer rating, was sacked 10 times, and they averaged 27.7 points per game. Tyreek Hill also missed four games in that span as well. I, I just don't know if you can slow him down. They just it's the cog that keeps on rolling. I will I, I do want to go, Pops. Do you want some good Brady stats or good Mahomes stats? Can I just – I'll be uh, back. I'll be back later. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's start with Mahomes. Uh, Kevin. <laughs> All right. So, the uh, the Chiefs are – with Mahomes, they're 37-1 total when they allow fewer than 29 points. So, all they got to do is keep the defense <laughs> – 29 or fewer? Wow. Okay. If they, if they can do 29 or fewer to 37-1. and one. So, basically, you, you won't beat them unless you score at least 30 points. Uh, the Chiefs, after trailing by nine or more points since Mahomes became the quarterback, have the most wins at nine. They're nine and two in those games. Here's the next best, the four best teams. The Saints have six, but they're six and nine in those. The Steelers are six and ten. The Seahawks are five and ten. The Bucks are five and ten. So the Chiefs not only have the most wins when trailing by nine or more at some point in the game, but they're nine and two. Like they, It's not even like a bad winning record. They're killing people. Yeah. And then... Let's see. We got they're twenty five and one in their last twenty six games, so they're just rolling. And then if we go over to Mister Tom Brady, LJ, Tom Brady has now thrown more. I'm going to have to edit this shit passes. too. Just by the way, <laughs> Tom Brady now has more has thrown for more playoff touchdown passes than any Bucks quarterback in Bucks history. Well, He's only that's not a huge surprise. Playoff games. <laughs> All right. Tom Brady has more Super Bowl appearances. Even when you count the three playoff wins that he has for the Bucs this year, he has more Super Bowl appearances than the Bucs have playoff wins. Tom Brady will have now, after this Super Bowl, he will have played in 18% of all the Super Bowls in NFL history and 23% of all the Super Bowls since he's been born. Born. It doesn't make sense. How often he? I, I I think it's easy to kind of just take stuff for granted. But one day we're going to look back and go, this guy played in ten Super Bowls and maybe more. He doesn't seem to be slowing down. I don't think he's going anywhere. But what gets me is we saw exactly why Tom Brady left New England and went to Tampa Bay because when it was at New England, Tom Brady had to fix all the mistakes. Tom Brady, as Pops alluded to. He didn't have the best first half. They gave up, well, I think, three straight or second three half. interceptions yeah. in the second half. Yeah, yeah, in the second half. And that Bucks defense held strong on all of them mm. and didn't give up touchdowns. So even when Brady was making mistakes, the defense bailed him out. 
And that wasn't the case, at least towards the end there in New England. It had to be Brady being perfect. So now Brady doesn't have to be perfect. Now, the, this game, as we've kind of talked about, you might have to be perfect because this this Chiefs team just doesn't – they don't slow down. I did find something that was interesting. Brady versus Spagnola over at the D.C. at okay. Kansas City. So <laughs> he was the defense coordinator, if you remember – for the Giants in 2007, the Pats had potentially the best offense ever. ever yeah. And they held Tom Brady in the Super Bowl to just 14 points on 50% completion percentage, 260 yards. All were below his season average that year by far. And then if you look at Brady in 2018 versus the Chiefs when Bob Sutton was the defensive coordinator, they were 2-0, 2-0 with 40 points per game. And then since Spagnola took over, Brady's played the Chiefs twice. He's 0-2 with 20 points per game. I don't know if Spagnola knows something about Brady or if maybe Andy Reid kind of does some advanced scouting because he's an offensive guy, but it does seem like they kind of figure him out. Well, and I will say I was trying to bit. I was trying to dunk on the Chiefs defense I think a week ago because I just don't want to see the truth, but like they've got, I mean, Sorensen's everywhere and uh Honey Badger, I mean, he makes plays. Uh they've got a defense that is full of playmakers that that make players make mistakes. So, and Brady has done it every now and again. He's not He's not like it's not his thing, but it's it happens. So <laughs> it's not his thing to make a mistake. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not as yeah. annoyed as I am. Yeah. Take out the quarterbacks, though, Tony. I, we we talked. I mentioned earlier about Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and how hard it is to stop either one, and then you put both. If you just take out the quarterbacks, though, what weapons would you rather have? Tampa Bay's or Kansas City's? I think it might be initial thought. I feel like it's Kansas City, but it might be closer than it's the a thing. conversation. Where do, you, where do you stand on that? Yeah, that's a that's a good offensive question. Weapons, offensive weapons. Yeah, just offensive weapons, no. just receiver uh, running backs. You know, I I think right now th- that's a great question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from a volume standpoint, I, I would rather have as a team the Tampa Bay wide receivers. I would rather have the uh, Kansas City tight end, but mm-hmm. I would have to say I would rather have Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Then Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Rob Gronkowski. And the reason why is because I don't think there is any uh, – there's just no matchup for Kelsey and Hill right now. Yeah. There's just no matchup. You, you can find matchups for each one of those uh, Tampa Bay uh, positional players. And I, I just – there's it, and it'll happen again uh, next Sunday – in my personal opinion, there is not going to be a better athlete on the field than Tyreek Hill. Period. Now there will be there will be players who have better opportunities in, in in their matchups, but pound for pound, right now there's not a better athlete on the field than Tyreek Hill, and he's shown that every game he's been in. As as great as Kelsey's been, it's still he's not the athlete Tyreek Hill is. Well, there is one player. On the Bucks, who was on a radio show today, uh, as we're recording this on Wednesday, he was on a radio show and said he's faster than Tyreek Hill. Oh, oh. do you have it? Do, does he, do either one of y'all have a guess? On uh, yeah, I have be? a quick. I have a quick guess. I can let somebody else go first. I don't know, but I ha- I'm pretty confident. Mm. All right, what do you got, El? Uh Antonio Brown might have said something like that. Nope, nope, uh. it wasn't Antonio Brown. I don't think they let him get on the radio right now. <laughs> they they got probably he's a only able to come outside on, on Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, yeah, it's him. Yeah. With his knee brace. Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller uh-huh. was on the Dan Patrick show and said, and now I think he was a little tongue in cheek, but he said they asked about who would win in a race between him and, and uh, Tyreek Hill. And he said, oh, I'm taking me every day of the week. It is worth pointing out 
Scotty Miller didn't participate in the NFL scouting combine, but he reportedly ran a 4-3 at his Bowling Green Pro Day. Okay. And Hill, but Hill did clock a 4-2-9, so <laughs> I still think I'm taking Cheetah there, but Scotty Miller is fast. I, I just He's think, fast. I don't know if I would uh, stir the pot, but I think it, if you watch the video, it can, you can take the headline out, but Scotty Miller's joking around, just going, yeah, I'm yeah. taking me. But I thought that was interesting. I do want to go to last Sunday's game. Now let's talk maybe a little bit about those losing teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go start with the NFC side with Brady and the Bucks beating the Pat or uh, Packers. What are what are your thoughts there, Pops? I mean, where is it just go to that fourth down decision, or is there more to it? What what what's your thoughts on the Packers losing that game? Well. Boy, a lot of thoughts. And that fourth down decision was – we. I'm sure we'll get into that in depth. Um, if you want to go straight to yeah, let's, it, let's talk about there. it. But yeah, I got a different so, opinion. Okay, so let's see. Let me get the stats. Where were we? It's, it's now the story of this NFL. I swear every week we're talking about a decision on whether you did or didn't go for it. And it's so – I did like what Aaron Rodgers said at one point. He came on the, the Pat McAfee show Tuesday, I think it was, and was basically like – and he, I thought he might throw his – because it seemed to like he threw his coach under the bus. LaFleur at one point saying he didn't know if they were – he thought it was maybe four-down territory, and then it mm-hmm. wasn't. But he did on Tuesday. He's like, you know what? Any way you look at it, if we go for it and we get it, but then we don't get the two-point conversion, you know, it, it's just – it's such a revisionist thing where, yeah, looking back, you say, what a terrible decision we gave Tom Brady. But if they stuffed Tom – if they stopped Tom Brady and then they get a touchdown and win the game right there – then it looks like a great decision. So what, what were you going to say, Pops? Well, I just think I, I think I was looking at the deal. So it was fourth and uh, fourth and goal at the eight, I believe, right? Just a little over two minutes left. And you're, I, I guess this is the thing that stuck out to me. And, and yes, there, there are other arguments. You're down by eight. You're down by one score. And even if you kick the field goal, you're still down by. You need a touchdown. You still need a touchdown. And I think I heard Lafleur said that. You know, we still needed a touchdown. So I guess he was assuming they weren't going to get the two point. Well, no. Then you tie it though. You can tie it or you can win it with two minutes left. I mean, but I mean, okay. But here's the thing: two two things come into play to me. One, you're going to give the ball to who? Tom Brady. (laughs) Three interception in the last eight minutes. Tom Brady. Uh, 10 Super Bowls, 32 wins, you know, whatever. So you've got Tom Brady you're going to give the ball to. And who's behind center for you, Matt LaFleur? Aaron freaking the MVP. Rodgers. I, I just – I take I take my – I understand it is a gamble. I understand you could say I got to score twice potentially to win the game. But I got Aaron Rodgers on my side, and if I, I got to kick it, to Tom Brady and hope I get it back. Yes, I got three timeouts left, but I just think you have to go for it there. You give Brady that rollout, let him, uh, you know, let him bootleg, and and he can run, he can pass. I just, I just think you go for it there. To me, it's cut and dried. You go for it there. I, I think I agree, but we, I think this might be where LJ is going too. Even if you do score the touchdown and you do get the two point conversion. You still give it to Tom Brady with two minutes left, right? Yeah. I mean, well, and, I, you, and, let me hear what your thoughts are. So, so going for it, fourth and goal with the game on the line with two minutes left, you got like a two percent chance of of getting it, right? Like you're 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 pretty unlikely to get it, and then getting a two point conversion, that's like a ten percent chance. So you got like a point two percent chance of having the best case scenario in this situation. And if you have the best case scenario, exactly like Kevin's saying, Tom Brady's got the ball, you're tied up. So I mean you're uh, you're you're still deferring to the 10 Super Bowl winning Tom Brady whereas if you kick the field goal then 
you know, your defense has been on fire. So either way, you're depending on Tom Brady to mess up. Either way. But if you already have some points and you can go for the win on that potential second possession, you have a higher chance of winning that game. That's just, I mean, that's just numbers. Yeah. That's a good argument. It really, it is. It is. So even if they get the touchdown, though, like you're saying, the odds of them getting the touchdown and the two-point conversion, I mean, it's not in their favor to get both those mm-hmm. right there. But I, where it really bothers me, and I'm not totally upset with the kick in the field, but I'd much rather have uh, gone for the touchdown. But where I don't like it is before that, on first and goal, from the Tampa Bay eight, when it was first and goal, I think if you're Lafleur, you go to you go to Aaron Rodgers and you say we are in four down territory or we're not. The fact that Rodgers didn't, yeah, know, that's fair. That's because a good on third and eight, Rodgers throws an incomplete pass. If he thinks it's if he thinks that they're kicking the field goal, maybe he tries to run it and dodge to the pylon. But since he might have thought I got another chance at this, I don't. I don't know. I I just think we uh, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, they would have known right then whether it's four down territory or not, and that's probably where Lafleur. Out, well, and go right, but and the, I'll I'll give another argument against my point too is that I think you when you're in this situation you do what got you here and Lafleur I believe is a pretty aggressive. They were coach. aggressive all year, like yeah. I, they were aggressive all. And year. so I think you keep that up honestly, but I think you can look at this statistically and see why it might be the best decision to kick that field goal. But I think Dad's got a point is like you got to know your team, you got to know what you're dealing with, and you got to do what got you there. I mean, I, I do think that that is true. And it felt like what got the Packers there is Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, especially in the red zone. And I'd rather lose with those guys on the field than lose with Tom Brady. Tony, I see you nodding. Where, where do you kind of stand on this? Yeah, particularly for this call. So I'm I'm going to ask two questions. First of all, any guys, I want one of you guys name me a Green Bay defensive player. The, the Smith brothers. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zadarius yeah. Smith. Zadarius okay. Smith. There was hesitation. Name me a Packer offensive player. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Devontae Jones, Adams, Aaron Jones. Okay. Tunyon. So I, I would not have had a problem with the call of going for the field goal if you had a dominant defense. If this was the Rams in that situation, you kick the field goal because the defense is your best player. For Green Bay, the defense is not your best player. Good point. Granted, they had gotten some picks, but in two minutes, you're really not looking for the pick. There's going to be – the ball's going to be on the ground, and 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 they're going to be running the football, and it's going to be short passes, and that's not what you're going to see. And um, you, it, that's what bothers me the most about yeah. that call. And, Kevin, great point about – they should have known where they were or what they were going to do for four downs starting the series – and I've got to believe that they had – you don't play 18 games and not know what you're going to do at that point in time. You have had you know that scenario because these guys are professionals and they practice, okay, with less than two minutes or less than five minutes. If we're in this situation, we're going to do this. We're in this situation, we're going to do this. And they would have known whether they do or do not go for, for a touchdown if they're within a certain period, certain area. I still think they go for it. If, if they didn't have that, shame on them. But if I, I still think if fourth and eight, you go for it, or you called a better third down play. Um, and, mm-hmm. and and like I said, yeah, I, that's fair. And Rodgers, we can talk about this later if you want to, because I think Rodgers is a punk. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> but he should have ran on third and eight. He had the opportunity to get at least four or five yards, and he didn't do it. And and that's on him. He made a, he made a poor decision right there, and I think he was trying to get himself out of it by the 
by the comments that he made. But either way, should have gone for it fourth and eight. Well, it's not the first time that in a post-game press conference, Aaron Rodgers had said something that kind of feels like he's throwing his coach under the bus. Uh, it's what you're saying there. It's that not know like even not even just right before that situation, but in general, it's your 18th game of the year. You should know we automatically were kicking it or we automatically like, we just we need to make can we make a flowchart of the right decision and we that way we just always know. <laughs> like I would love to see that flowchart. We'll put it up on our website so all the coaches can access it. <laughs> is this one seven? Yes. Well, no. just, Are you down? He's playfully jocular there, Kevin. I, no, I, I, I'm, I might work on that this week. <laughs> we we just credited how amazing it was last week when Andy Reid on that fourth and two they lined up and they it felt like they already knew before they even yeah. got in the huddle that oh we're yeah. going to go yeah, for yeah, it yeah, we're going to do this play and, and, and now to to his point Matt Lafleur is a younger coach he's been to the NFC Championship in two years now. And Andy Reid has had a lot of mistakes in the postseason before he figured it out. So I don't. Yeah, but but I, but I he did say like the quarterbacks had to just throw a pick and didn't get the first down. So I mean, that's that's a good point. That's an interesting. Well, what Kevin just said, and I don't know, did you? I don't know if you guys saw this on the pregame, but they showed where Kansas City had run that play before on fourth and two. I don't know if you guys saw no. that. They they uh-huh. showed where they that fourth down play they have run. Uh, before and so that's why it was automatic for Andy Reid. He knew it. Okay, when we're in the switch at fourth, okay, run this. It, it was no question. So to that point, I think Green Bay just wasn't there, and they they didn't have that. Okay, I've got this fourth and eighth play. Yeah, fourth and eighth play. So yeah. So yeah. let's go straight to Mister Rogers' comments then after the game, where he throws out the very vague, "I don't know about my future. No one knows about their future," and all this finality talk, and and making it sound like maybe he's not going to be on the Packers next year. Tony, what, what's your? I, you kind of gave a, a little initial thought to say. Yeah, what's your he thoughts gave a on little Mr. initial idea of where, <laughs> where he falls? Yeah, and I hate it because you know I really, you know, if you don't really know somebody, you really shouldn't say anything about them. But we're in a celebrity world, so we can say that. Yeah, we got a podcast. What are you talking what, about? Yeah, I got a podcast. <laughs> so I can do that. So, um, so Aaron Rodgers is his persona in the outside world is that of an asshole. And now his his teammates aren't real supportive of him, and and, and that's been documented. Um, some of them are, but uh, but the vast majority not that not that much. I think it's very telling. Now he came to take Brett Favre's job, but you don't see any Brett Favre coming in saying, "Yeah, you know that Aaron Rodgers, he's good. You know, yeah, he deserves that job. He's doing great." Da da da. He made Brett Favre was talking about some comments that that Rodgers made, and, and he completely deflected and, and didn't didn't say no. They're going to keep Rodgers because he's the best quarterback going. Um, and but I, 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 that was the wrong thing to say, and it was just arrogant. And uh, when you're the NFL MVP, you've got to have some arrogance about you. But you know, you've also got to have some humility, and he just doesn't have it, and so. That was just a punk ass move, in my opinion. Let me can it I is, piggyback on that real quick? Yes, go, because go. it seems pretty obvious to me that whoever's covering the Green Bay Packers keeps a camera on Aaron Rodgers' face to get his cute little smirks and grins and all <laughs> that bullshit. And so the reason they're doing that is I think Tony is dead freaking on because he's kind of a dick, and they want to catch his catch the effing ball. I, I, I want to say that maybe he did that last week. One of the quarterbacks, I, you you. I saw a mouth that I can't remember which one. And so I shouldn't attribute that to, to, to uh, Rogers, but I mean, obviously they're trying to catch his, 
he's always rolling his eyes or, you know, it's it's never his fault. I think Tony's on to something that he's a bit of a punk. And I mean, he's talented. He could quarterback my team. I try to work with it, but he I do think he's a bit of a punk. And I do think it can affect the way your team. I, I don't think his teammates hate him. Like Devonta Adams is trying to at one point it was like giving the MVP campaign for him. But I'd rather see more of the instance instances like we saw in Kansas City where Mahomes goes up to McCall Hardman right after he screws up big time and says, like, don't worry about it. You're going to get him. We know it. And then what happened? The next drive, McCall Hardman catches the touchdown. It ends up having a solid game. I'd rather see more of those. And we do. And you're right, uh, Pops. The camera does go straight to Aaron Rodgers because he will. He was going to give him that little bite where he looks annoyed at his teammates or Mm -hmm. maybe drops an F-bomb. And he's known for kind of throwing a coach under the bus. I think what we got was a because I heard him on Tuesday were talking and he was much it was a different tone and I think he just lost a game that was really close he thought he was had a great year and that the finality of losing your playoff game just all of a sudden the season's over right then and then he's probably I don't think it's wrong that he's annoyed that they drafted Jordan Love in the first round yeah. I mean that is how he got his start he got drafted in the yeah, first he, round he, he knows where that goes I thought yeah but he knows right then and there that. They're already looking for post Aaron Rodgers' career. And you know how many games Jordan Love was active this year? Zero. And that was their first-round draft choice. So if you're Aaron Rodgers, you go, maybe if we draft one more defensive lineman there or a safety there or a corner. Or an offensive lineman. (laughs) or Yeah, or an offensive. I just – I get his frustration, but, yes, I I understand he can come off like a punk all the time. I think I would like Aaron Rodgers. Like, he seems like a cool guy, but – he does give you those little Snyder marks, and I think he always knows exactly where he's going with them. He doesn't accidentally say that at the post game. He knows what he's doing, don't you think? Elf? Yeah, but I just think I think like, haven't you ever had the day where you just want to sit around talking about Pac-12 football and your coworkers are making it shitty? Like, you know, like I get it. So, <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of agree with you guys. I think I think he's a rough one. I don't know that I. I think you guys might be a little bit more harsh. I'd still take him as my quarterback. Yeah, yeah no question. Yeah. I mean. Uh, he's yes. over talented. Wow. So I mean, yeah. So here's so uh, last thing and, and right. You want a quarterback to be arrogant, and it's really unfair. All these guys we talk about, you're not a top notch athlete unless you're arrogant yeah. and and you've got ninety five percent of you as an asshole. Yeah. There are exceptions to that rule. I'll tell you what, Tom Brady on the field, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to be a part of it. Off the field, he kind of makes it seem like he's an okay guy. But yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting. Again. Pre-game, they were talking about Aaron Rodgers, and they were going over his the his former backups. I don't know if you guys saw this, but they went over how he had folks over to his house, and he had a karaoke machine. Who knew Aaron Rodgers had a karaoke <laughs> machine? Like, okay, maybe this guy is pretty cool. Maybe he is kind of normal. Well, then Matt, I I, I want to say it was Carpenter was the guy's name that was his backup from 2016 to 2018. Said that, yeah, he did his thing, and they were doing the the, the karaoke machine was one of those things you win or lose, kind of like guitar hero, yeah. you kind of win or lose how accurate you are to the song. Uh-huh. And he said, "I swear, I'm pretty sure that Aaron Rodgers had toned it before we got there so that he would win because he had it toned to where it would pick up his voice and he'd get a because he did. He said that song that they had the song that he did. It was some weird country song. And he got like eighty nine percent. And then Carter did his, and he got like a 60, so Rodgers won. Because he fucking set the machine, a karaoke machine, to win. 
That's being a punk I mean, right I don't there, that man. sounds like somebody that lost karaoke and uh, is a little sour about it to me. I don't know how you tune a karaoke machine for someone else to lose. Right? I don't either, As a sound but. guy, I don't know what you're talking unless they put some like bad auto tune on that bitch, but hey man, whatever. Well, I'm just saying. Can, let me tell I just, you one I thing. I thought that was just interesting to say. One thing Aaron Rodgers didn't do is he didn't give up a touchdown with 8 seconds left in the half to a team right. with no timeouts. That was redunculous. I mean, that looked almost yeah. like that New York Jets defensive coordinator that got fired. They didn't hire him at Green Bay, did they? By chance? No, it did seem like a Greg Williams play where they put, what's his name, Kevin King out on an island. Kevin King was getting torched all game long. He was questionable. Kevin King was even questionable coming into the game. And he put him man on man at eight seconds left on yeah. the guy that's faster than the cheetah. And Scotty I think Miller. had no timeouts at the time. Like you, no you, just, you can't do that. Right. You can't do that right there. Right. And if Aaron Rodgers, if you're going to be mad at the coach decision, you can also be disappointed. Then you intercepted Tom Brady twice right before that, and punt went three and out, three and out. So yeah, it, there's blame to put on everybody. That's what happens when you lose. The game's just tough, and I, I think personally, I think the right team is in the Super Bowl on the NFC side. I think Tampa Bay was the better team front to bottom. Yeah, I, I think, and it's why Tom Brady went there. They just have a really good roster. LJ, you seem to oh, be front to bottom. I'm just curious to what that front means. Front to bottom. Oh. <laughs> front to bottom. Well, sometimes when you're talking, things just happen. You know. Um. Now let's so, go over wait, to wait, the. Wait. I, I do want to say oh, something. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Last go ahead. thing, because I've been thinking about this for three days. <laughs> what I wanted to say here, and after right. watching that game, I, Green Bay absolutely lost that game. The one thing I didn't get to say is Aaron Rodgers had every opportunity to win that ball game. And, and he and either he didn't take advantage or they didn't have the weapons. Tampa Bay in the third quarter had both of their starting safeties out, out. of the game. Out. Out yeah. of the game. Antoine Winfield didn't start at all. And then um, Whiteside. bottom or whatever his name Jordan is. Jordan Whiteside. Remember. Whiteside, yeah. He, he left with a concussion, I believe, or a knee injury. And no free – your starting safeties are out. I mean – Robert you got to capitalize on that. Yeah. Robert Tanya had, what, two, three catches? I mean, it's just ridiculous yeah. that you couldn't take advantage of that. And that's where I think Aaron Rodgers and, and that offensive coordinator weren't working together to find some way to take advantage of that. They lost that. They lost that game. I, I'm not as sure that Tampa Bay as much won it as Green Bay lost it. Yeah. I think I agree. I think I agree that you pick off Tom Brady that many times in the second half, you should win the game. Yeah. And if you don't, if you capitalize on one of those, and then if you don't make the boneheaded player up for half that t- yeah. Bob's talked about, you win that game. So yeah, I, I agree. Green Bay lost that more than Tampa Bay won it. I agree. Yeah. I'm glad. And then on the other s- <laughs> the other side, we got the Chiefs Buffalo Bills. Thirty eight to twenty four was the final score. I felt like we all went. Was it all Kansas? It was heavy Kansas City on Buffalo. our side in that game. It, yeah. it seemed like the the in general the 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 internet tried to talk themselves into. I think it's what happens when we have a team that's that good, like the Chiefs are. As the week goes on, you talk yourself into the other dog because you just want to see something different, maybe. And you heard, I think it was, it was either uh, uh, Tre'Davious White, the cornerback for the Bills. He said, "We do, we know the team. We got to get past. We know what it's going to take to get to Super Bowl, and we're going to have to go through Kansas City." The problem is Kansas City's not getting any older. I mean, they're not old. You got Mahomes at what twenty five years old. He's going to be there for a while. We know he's locked up. Yeah. Tyreek Hill's locked up. Kelsey's locked up for a while there. That team's not going anywhere. I, the AFC is it's 
Kansas City's conference for the foreseeable future. Now, I say that, and we thought teams – we see it all the time where a team looks like they're going to be the, the top dog and all of a sudden some crazy things happen. like the 49ers getting a bunch of injuries this past year. So things can change, but I will say this. My thought on that game was – Buffalo's still close. I don't feel worse. I, and I've been the one that's been ready to hate on Josh Allen and not buy in. I think Josh Allen's fine. He played well in that game. He just went up against a better team today and that or on Sunday. And that happens. LJ, as the resident Bills fan in the, in this group, just at least so far, you're kind of the a resident Bills mafia. What what did you think about the game? I I mean, I didn't like it. I didn't want to watch it. Uh, <laughs> if you would have asked me, was trying to turn it off. If you would have asked me, um, which quarterbacks do you want to see on the, in the Super Bowl? I think Mahomes might have been number thirty, um, and right below him would be Tom Brady, and then probably Derek Carr. So um, Ben Roethlisberger, yeah, he's about both Ben Yeah, for sure. Those two aren't in the AFC West. There's where he's going. So I don't know. I mean, it was. Uh, the Bills I, were just beat. And, and like, I think, so, Kevin, you got a good point that we, like, the way that we kind of talk up an underdog. I think part of the reason that happens is because you see the the Chiefs being that number one seed have been playing weaker opponents and less games lately, so we kind of forget how great they are. And then the the Bills have had to scrap every single week to get here. So we, we like, I, we, I keep saying we, it's me in this particular situation, um, are looking at them like, oh man, they're just, they're scrappy. They're really good. They can, they can beat anybody. And then we, you know, we just lose sight of, um, who they're up against. The, the thing with Kansas city is just even Buffalo, they, they had the exact start you need to have, you know, they get that McCole yeah. Hardman fumble and all of a sudden they're up nine. Oh, the chiefs are just the one team as I, as I said before, where they're nine and two when trailing by nine or more points, they're just the one team. They have so much room for error. It's like when they played the Texans last yeah. year. Went down 24 to nothing, and literally like five minutes later, they're up 28 20. You've never beat those they Chiefs. They just can score so yeah. fast, and you can't put them down until it's literally zero. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, the they, they haven't lost until everyone's walking to the locker rooms. They still, they're still having a chance yeah. to win until you're walking to the locker room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you think? Did you see Pops Cole Beasley? He ended up with seven catches for 88 yards. He played throughout the playoffs. He was playing on what was it, a broken tibia? I, I broken saw that. Tibia. I didn't get the chance to look. What was the deal? He, I heard he was playing on a broken leg. It wasn't like a – it's like it a, a fracture, fracture, but still, yeah. he played the whole playoffs on a fractured tibia. That is yeah. – that is tough. I double, mean, and he played well. Yeah, yeah you got to like Cole Beasley, Probably right? I do, man. man. Yeah. yeah, you got to like that, that guy. Um, I think the – what do the Bills need to do moving forward? Is it just toughen up the defense or get a run game? Get a, they're not, they're not get a running game. So, I mean, yeah. it, it looked to me like uh, Kansas City said, if you can beat us with your legs, Josh Allen – Go ahead, because Romo was on top of that. They were mm-hmm. they were on their receivers. I mean, he had nowhere to go with the ball, and and so I showed him at seven rushes for eighty eight yards. Everybody else eleven rushes for thirty nine yes. yards. I mean, he Tony said it last week, I think, or week before, but he is their rushing game. They Zach Moss would have definitely helped. There's there's no doubt to me that he would have helped. But they have got to address uh, that running game. To, to, to go to that next level, I think. Well, I think that's the way you have to beat the Chiefs. You have to be able to run the ball. Yeah, keep him, keep Mahomes the on the side. You got to keep the Cheetah, clock, yeah. Kelsey. Yeah, you got to control the clock. And then even and even then, you're not a for sure bet. But no. yeah, that, that's the the recipe. And I think the Bills will be fine. They get somehow Dayball didn't go anywhere. So I think we're just going to see Josh Allen take another step probably next year because there's something they have going with him in that OC. 
and the defense will, will get better. It's just get a run game, and they'll be right back. And then I think you kind of just have to hope you get lucky and something happens with maybe you don't have to play Hill and Kelsey or Mahomes has turf toe again. <laughs> I mean, even then, he might still beat you. So uh, you're going to have to get lucky to beat the Chiefs, I think. And that's where we're at right now. They're just the best team yeah, yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. I, you know, I that game, the, the thing that nobody ever – we don't talk about it enough. And, and the statistics in this game – play this out. I mean, you said Steve Spagnuolo's name earlier, but it was amazing to me. So it was nine to nothing, but their scoring drive was four yards or six yards because of the fumble. Yeah. But the Chiefs kept them out of the end zone other than that play until the fourth quarter. Yeah. And as dynamic as Buffalo is and as dynamic as Josh Allen is, to keep a team out of the end zone for that long of a period of time is just a phenomenal defensive uh, game plan. And so uh, Kansas City has developed this bend-don't-break opportunistic type of defense that goes so well with this offense. It's just amazing that they were able that, – that to me was the ball game. It, you know, Mahomes did what he has to do, and, and, and Kelsey – it just complete and Buffalo was the thirtieth worst defense against the tight end, and so you could see this kind of game coming for Travis Kelsey, but um, just complete mismatch. But the thing about it was, is Buffalo could have with those extra nine points could have gotten to a slugging match, and it could have been a lot tougher game for the Chiefs, except for the fact that their defense, that defensive game plan was just phenomenal, and so uh, that needs to be talked about is how well. They game plan and scheme for this. And we mentioned Sorensen's name, but Chris Smith and um or excuse me, Chris Jones. Yeah. Yes, I mean, yes. Yeah, sorry. Oh, I'll I'll get hell for that one. Chris Jones <laughs> uh played a phenomenal game and is gonna be a huge factor coming up in the Super Bowl. But that defense just great job. I don't know why Steve. I know, I know why because he's a terrible head coach. But Steve Spagnola, yeah, he's had been. a chance of head coach. He, he's <laughs> had several chances to be head coach, but I think maybe two. But he did a great job with that defense um, uh, on Sunday. Just a great, great game plan, and that's what won that. Really, what's won that game for the Chiefs? Well, this is the 14th Super Bowl that is a rematch from the regular season. The team winning the first game. We don't really get a history. Doesn't give us a good. Sample uh, idea of who's yeah. going to win. The team winning the first game is six and seven in those. So mm. that doesn't really give you enough to bank on the team winning the first game or not. Uh, we're not going to have, you, know, you don't have to give me a lock on your pick. We're going to do that next week. But right now they're giving us three in the hook. Pops, do you have, uh, an, are you leaning one way or another? Chiefs minus three and a half. That three and a half, the hook, the hook does, I think it scares me a little bit. I, I think Tom Brady's going to keep them in it. I think that Kansas City wins the game, but I think they could win it by a field goal. I could see that happening. Um, I could see them blowing them out, but I really think it's going to be close. I think they keep it close. That three scares me. I, right now, I think I might take Tampa if I'm getting three and a half. I think that's what I would. I think that's what I would do right now. Well, and I have a feeling the way the coverage around this leading up to it's going to be. It's going to be more about how can the Pats take or how can the Bucks take down the Chiefs. And so that's going to be, you're going to be hearing ways about how Jack Bear can get pressure and Pierre Paul can get pressure and they'll get healthy on the back end of that defense and Tom Brady and Super Bowl. And it, it's easy to just go, hey, it's the Chiefs. They're just hot right now. They're just the best team. I think if I'm leaning one way or another, I think I'm leaning 
Chiefs just because I'm tired of talking myself out of them and then just being the Chiefs again. Tony, where do you, are you leaning with the Chiefs right now, or where do you lean? Well, as Blues Travelers once said, the hook brings you back. <laughs> and so... <laughs> What a pull. I, uh, I, <laughs> Damn fine job, Uncle Tony. <laughs> I think Tampa Bay uh, stays within three of the Chiefs on this one, and and right now that hooks would be pushing me towards the Bucks. I I will say that it, it and as as we get closer and, and talk about it next week, I, I, it, if Antoine Winfield is healthy, I'm really excited to see that young man go against Travis Kelsey to see what happens. That's going to be a phenomenal matchup. And, and they'll have a little bit of Devin White going against Travis Kelsey. I was going to say, have we mentioned Devin White yet? Because that guy, they man. Got two, yeah, and you think about the Bucks defense and those two young guys uh, and where they're playing, those two rookies, phenomenal. But, I, wow. I But it is really – I don't want to say – I think the Chiefs win this game. And my, the question is, okay, how much do they win it by? And that's that's to me where it is. Elcher, do you have a? a I mean, I think I'm probably just going to take a wad of cash and go do something else. Um, I don't. I don't want to play. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> I mean, based on my last week's record, um, I might as well just dump it down the toilet. So, where do we have our records? I, I do. Oh, good. I, I what, have what, it. I don't know why. Where is it now? Because I'm tied for last. <laughs> but um, so Liff is four seven and one. LJ's five six and one. Uh, Tony is four seven and one, <laughs> and uh, the man who can, if we had bet anything, go spend his money, <laughs> is Kevin at seven four and Jeez. one. He is is whoa. Well, the Tampa Bay the Tampa Bay pick only got right because y'all everybody we were all about to go Packers. So <laughs> yeah. we came to yeah, so so there, and I, I will say this, you know, I messed up. I didn't mess up, but I did actually bet against my pick when the line. I, got to over three and I went with the bucks in that game. Yeah. And, and uh, from a betting standpoint, and that made me a winner, but it was just because of Kevin. We can actually go out. and <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's just know. another, it's just another uh, hint to the listeners. If you ever hear all four of us on the side of one team, just yep. run to the yep. other side, run as fast as you <laughs> don't can walk. to the other yep. side. Don't walk, run. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do want to touch on there are Adam Schefter talked about this earlier this week or after Sunday. There are roughly 10 quarterbacks locked in the starting jobs for opening day of the 2021 NFL season. And he said this is expected to be an unprecedented offseason quarterback movement. He said the over under of teams changing quarterbacks this offseason is 18. And Adam Schefter is choosing the over. That sounds insane. Just 18 18. is what he said. He said, I'm taking the over. Just a list of some of the guys he's talking about. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, who is now openly in trade talks, Dak Prescott. I think he's probably back with the Cowboys, but you don't know. Sam Darnold, there's a lot of talk about the Jets maybe trying to go get Deshaun Watson or drafting someone. Jared Goff, McVay doesn't seem to be a huge Goff fan. Jimmy G, who knows what happens there. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, don't see him going back to the Bears, but maybe. Jameis Winston, does he get a chance at New Orleans because now Breeze is probably retiring? Uh, Alex Smith getting along in the tooth at Washington. Ben Roethlisberger getting along in the tooth in Pittsburgh. Is there? I ask you this, pops. Is there one quarterback you would you could see moving that you would like to see in a certain situation? Yes, and I've said this before, but it's Matt Stafford. I like yeah. I like Stafford. I, I really think he's talented. I think he's a tough guy. He reminds me kind of a Phil Sims back in the day. Phil Sims, 
you guys didn't watch him play, but he was tough. I mean, he was tough. You could knock his pecker in the dirt, and he was getting up and and asking for another one. I'm telling you, the, the guy was, was know, just that's a tough, tough, or a tough else. player. There's a word for that. <laughs> but but I think somebody is going to step up to the plate and pay Stafford. And I I tell you. I hope it's not New England because no. I think he could be a difference maker uh, for him. I really do. Of course, they still need some offensive help, you know, out on the outside. But uh, but so him, Matt Ryan, you know, I think he he's going somewhere. Uh, Deshaun Watson's going to be a stud wherever he goes. But Stafford's somebody I would like to see go to a good situation and get an opportunity. Yeah, that was the one who I think where I go with that is I'm just excited to see who the Colts. Yeah, because I think I would like Stafford at the Colts. I would interesting to see what Wentz would do there, getting back uh, with Reich. I, I just want to know what they do because I didn't think Phil Rivers. He wasn't great for him, but he wasn't bad either. If they get a quarterback that can all of a sudden be good there, there's a there's enough around that roster. And then the one that I'm most excited to see, just because he does things can change over an offseason, but can the will the Texans trade Deshaun Watson? I don't know how you trade Deshaun Watson. He's I think you have like, to, though, don't they? I mean, he he wants out. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Tony? Can they trade him, or do you just try to even? When, it, the only way I think they trade him is if he locks, if he holds out and just doesn't show up. Which I, it sounds like he's threatening mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, and I, you know, uh, money talks, bullshit walks, and so I, I, you know, if they were to come in and say, okay, I know we just did your contract two years ago, we're going to renegotiate it and give you an additional year or something like that. I, I think he that's probably how they keep him. Um, and, and it's great that he's saying what he's saying now, but there, there, there's a great chance that Houston lands uh, Biennemi or uh, Jim Caldwell. I don't think they'll go with Leslie Frazier, but um, uh, and I think that will satisfy Watson that there's, you know, a difference maker at the head coaching position. And uh, and I sure hope it's the enemy, uh, but we'll we'll see. But um, uh, you know, I I think it's what for for uh, Watson to move out of Houston. There's going to have to be a blockbuster trade that's going to have to involve multiple teams because there's not enough team. There's not enough draft picks with any one team that'll make a difference to get Deshaun Watson out. I think uh, what Jerry Jones did to Minnesota. 27 yeah. years ago, <laughs> trading Herschel Walker is not going to let anybody. And then what Mike Dicka did to the Saints, uh, getting mm. um, Ricky Williams, Ricky, uh, yeah. is not going to allow people to dra- trade multiple picks for a single a single player. So there's going to have to be some type of NBA style trade where somebody stacks some picks from multiple teams in order to get Watson and, and have some people move around. And uh, we'll see if that happens. I we'll see. We'll see. I'll, wow. James yeah. Harden was in Houston too, right? Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> That's, it, you yeah. know, yeah. interesting you bring that up, Pops. Are we getting a little sports karma ever since the Astros won their World Series cheating? Yeah. They've had nothing but good in Houston. I mean, everything has just gone oh, to shit funny. in Houston sports that's wise. Funny. Right. Hmm. It almost feels baby. like the, the it almost feels like the sports gods are really coming back at the Astros for cheating and getting away with yeah. it and then being arrogant about it afterwards. So yeah. hmm. You got things that make you things go, that make you go hmm from the CCA yeah, Music yeah. Factory. There you go. You a chance to move from Houston. You better do it now. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> move LJ, to Miami. <laughs> is there any? I, there was some speculation about Aaron Rodgers, L.A., but just because he's from, oh, he has a okay. house in L.A. Yeah, he's and UCLA. and McVay's not a big golf. But I, the, what's he's really a cow. Well, he things, was cow, by the way. I think. 
Yeah, Cal. Cal, Cal but thank what's you. what's really going to affect things, uh, Pops, and you've talked about this, is the cap goes up every year. It's not going up this year, so you're going to have to take a big cap hit. Like people want to know what the Saints are going to do if Breeze leaves. Even when Breeze leaves, they're like way over yeah. the cap, and you can't. Usually, NFL teams can kind of massage things and fix it. Well, the cap's not going up like it normally does. So I don't know how they're massaging things. That's why it's interesting to me to see all these big name quarterbacks with some big cap hits and where they can end up going or if teams just can't make anything happen. LJ, is there anything you're especially looking out for? I mean, I know you're Drew Locke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. If if uh, if they let another quarterback walk into that facility, they're, they're making a huge mistake. Keep only wide receivers as his backups. We've seen that works. Um, but uh, um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm watching uh, the, the quarterback moves. I'm really interested in the ones that you guys have already mentioned. But I, I, I do think like a, a a cool person to be right now would be like that sort of journeyman backup quarterback who doesn't take a huge paycheck. Your job security is super high right now. Like usually it's not. But having that job security right now, because every team's going to want a cheap backup. So um and someone that can actually win you a game if you if, if, if need be. be yeah 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 so i think i think you know there's there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that i think are going to be like able to make sure that they've got a position on a team that you know might struggle in a year like the cap lowering i think helps them a lot so i just think that's interesting and we'll see how that plays so out. are we saying lj is keeping his eye on or keeping his eye on where fits magic oh well of course go? i am always yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You wish Josh McCown wasn't 39 and 40. I'm still looking at like, <laughs> well, does, does Jeff Garcia have some free Houston. time or, you know? That's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 There, I, there you know, could I, be some movement. I, I, I'm surprised Schefter said plus 18. I'll say I would take the under because I think there's going to be several of those situations where those those quarterbacks don't move. And th- this is a lot of. Uh, a lot of talk. Well, right you make now. a good point we'll about how hard it is going to be to move a lot of these quarterbacks with with yeah, the cap stuff yeah. and with how much they're they're yeah. going to command. You know how much you need to give to get Deshaun Watson that is a great. Well, point. Yeah. some of them may have to reduce their commanding salary because the, it just you know which is hard to do. Stafford may want to win a Super Bowl. Usually, so you sit there, right. you look at like, oh well, Patrick Mahomes signed this, so I want you know X percent of yeah. of that, and that, you're not going to be able to make that call today. Yeah. So no. yeah, and. And don't discount the fact that this is a really strange lead-up to draft day. There's not going to be any in-person combine. They're going to have to spread themselves out and go to all these pro days. And and it's really the shakeout of what type of – other than Trevor Lawrence, it's just a given, right? Uh, other than that, you don't have any guarantees. Well, and a lot of these players didn't even play position, a full season. So, so I mean, there are a lot of lottery tickets yeah, right. for sure. Yeah, I, I I think this is just when people when it settles, the season settles. Are going to say, well, wait a minute, uh, the devil that we know is better than the devil that we sure. don't know, and so uh, I I think that we'll see a lot of that happen. Well, and we've seen times where I, I know as of right now, it does feel like there's no way Deshaun Watson stays in Houston. But we've also seen that within other sports yeah. where Kobe. It seemed like at one point Kobe Bryant was no way he was staying in the Lakers, and then ended up playing and winning multiple championships after that. So we've seen guys feel like they're on the way out and things can kind of get smoothed over when you bring in the coach he likes. And maybe, as you said, up that contract a little bit, maybe give him a no trade clause. And and there have been, been, what were there, like three years where we were saying Brady and Belichick were done. This year was the last year. I mean, we weren't, but people were. So, um, you know, it happens. We, we get it wrong. So. Hey, I know it's Hey, here, raise your glass, gentlemen, to Kobe Bryant. Here we hey, go. Yeah. Today. yeah. Cheers. Cheers. One year since he passed away. There you go. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Speaking of Kobe Brown, let's go. He was one of the top players in his sport. Let's go to one of the top players in his respective sports. And we told you last week we were going to talk about this, the Tiger Woods documentary on HBO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was a big – I thought it was really good. I really thought I liked the first part better where it just detailed – his rise to fame because I didn't know it as well because I was just younger when it was happening. And I was really shocked. I don't know if shocked it, his childhood. I to to have your dad, Earl, talking about that he was Gandhi. He was gonna be like a, a, a basically a god. That's yeah. insane as a kid to have that much pressure on you. And then <clears throat> he lived up to all of it for so long until things took a downturn. Pops, what was your thoughts on that documentary? Just well, kind of like you said, I th- there was a part of me that that it's, you know, how can you feel sorry for a guy like Tiger that's got every single thing? Uh, but but uh, I wish I could remember the NDRE line. It's like a once I had a little and that wasn't good, and then I had a lot and that wasn't really good either, <laughs> yeah. you know. So yeah. um, it's it's tough either way. And uh, I, I thought, what, what was the one guy? I think his name was Joe Groman that was on there, the one that said, Tiger's not going to like this shit. And I just thought, you're a family friend. I don't know some of the stuff he said. I just I, I didn't think he was. Uh, Tigers had a rough a rough go of it from the beginning, and I think you you hit it probably the nail on the head. The pressure that his dad put on him when he was so young was was a phenomenal amount of mm-hmm. pressure. And and I there's a part of me that actually felt for for Tiger. I, I'm not excusing anything he's done or anything like that. And but but I felt a little sorry for him coming out of that documentary well and it's hard to one it'd be hard to live a normal life with with the, some of the pressure he already had off from his parents but then even once he started making it big he felt like he was already taking like media lessons classes before he even made it and how to deal with the, the media and i think he felt it's almost like child actor in a way just when you're that young at 18 there's a lot of change in, in a human from 18 to 22 and he mm-hmm. was already the face of a game and people like he's gonna bring golf back and he's 
the the black savior for golf. And then it sounded like he didn't even want to necessarily be that. I mean, he and then Nike puts that on him, which it worked out well for him. You know, the money and endorsements worked out well with Nike, but it felt like they wanted him to be him. The, the, Nike and his dad wanted him to be the, the black savior for golf when he was like, I just want to go win. I just want to win a lot of tournaments. And he did that. LJ, what, what were you thinking about some of the... Well, yeah. I kind of got uh, uh, hyped up with, uh, like you were saying, I think a couple of weeks ago, that it's like shocking that, you know, that they were allowed to make it. And it's so much like, unlike the Michael Jordan documentary, where um, it seemed like he kind of got to tell the story his way a little bit. I can't think mm-hmm. of a more sympathetic way to tell Tiger Woods a story. I mean, the the first 90 minutes was essentially, well... He was trained to do one thing perfectly, and he did that thing perfectly. But we can all understand if he has flaws now. And then the next half hour or hour and a half was like, hey, he has flaws. But really, the media took it out of control. And uh, and so we watched this entire three hours of of why Tiger Woods probably shouldn't be blamed for his problems. And I'm not saying that he should. I'm, I, I, I don't really have an opinion. It just felt really sympathetic. And I thought that was interesting to me um, that – it was kind of airing dirty laundry, but dirty laundry everyone's already seen um, and putting a positive spin on it. And I just thought that was an interesting way to tell that story because it was also like sound designed and edited like a takedown piece in a way. Like it felt like a takedown. It did feel a little like a takedown piece at times. And that's why I wondered how Tiger probably felt if he even watched it. But like, I don't know if the best way to do a documentary is what, even though I love The Last mm-hmm. Dance, like that was Michael Jordan's yeah. story, not necessarily the story of right. Michael Jordan. And then the Tiger documentary felt like it was everyone telling Tiger's story and that's that Tiger knows Tiger's story. He's known for kind of keeping people at bay and not letting everyone in. And now you have all of these, like dad was saying, supposed family yeah. friends just airing out all his dirty laundry. It felt. Yeah. But like all that like dirty laundry, it seemed like it was like, and here is the reason why he was, because that, that particular moment you're talking about dad was when he was talking about how Tiger's dad and he were, you know, sleeping around in front of a child Tiger Woods, which is you yeah, were definitely yeah. late to the end of like, oh, well, of course, where did he learn, you know, how a relationship is supposed to work? Like, it was like, he's, he's going to hate mm-hmm. this shit. He's going to hate me explaining exactly why he has struggled with this in his entire life. I mean, it was it was very sympathetic for them to uh, to tell those stories. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I just think that's a really interesting thing. I did have a question, though, for the yeah. especially the audience here that uh, that watched Tiger a lot. So I'm not like in golf or anything, but I know that anytime someone is like insanely successful, I mean, Tom Brady for me is an obvious example. Like people just hate them, like just absolutely despise them. Did that happen with Tiger or is that more of a team sport sort of thing? Because obviously you don't have like, you're not a Broncos fan when golf. It did feel like people loved Tiger. I remember it. It did feel like everyone wanted them to win. I'll let Lifford speak as well, but... um, I never hate in that heyday that that eight year golden period for mm-hmm. Tiger Woods. I never had this hate for Did him you? that oh he's going to break Jack Nicklaus' record. I, fuck him, you know. I, I he didn't grow up playing the game like Jack Nicklaus. I never saw this like man. This kid can play. Look at this. It was just awestruck. And and I was you know unless John Daly was <laughs> in the hunt, I was rooting for him. And uh, but yeah. you know you you. you there are golfers that you root against, like uh, Jose Marie. I've got a hose up my ass, or whatever his name is. I don't like him, you know, and so I I don't root for him and and, and a couple of the other guys. But it's a little and, different, uh, right? Because like you, I, you never, I hate right. players because you they're ne- great, uh, which is shit. Right. It's stupid, but I do. I, I never. I don't. Lift and you can you can I, agree or disagree. No. But I can never remember a time when Tiger wasn't 
stalking or in the lead that we weren't rooting for him to win that tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Let me jump in there real quick. I I agree with Tony completely. I never rooted against Tiger. Uh, There might have been a time I was a little uh, uh, lacy, you know, didn't care that that much about how, you know, I wasn't necessarily rooting for him, but if he was in a tournament, I was always interested, always interested to see how, how it came out. And, and I would say over time, uh, I've probably grown to like him more. Actually, yeah. I mean, I that, like I like 2019 Tiger Woods. Masters. Whatever, I felt like everybody yeah. was rooting on him. Man. Everybody was rooting. Oh, on him. those guys followed him up that 18th uh, fairway. That was an amazing sight. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. an amazing sight. Yeah, I wish the documentary and if we if you can call it that, okay, let's let's say it's a documentary, um, and not a take <laughs> piece or or just a hey, here's a Tiger Woods biography, sure. but. Um, the, that was my from a from a, a cinematic standpoint. I wish we'd have heard more about that comeback. I wish they'd have had more information about how he turned that around and how he came back from that back injury. Yeah, good point. Um, and and stuff because to me that would have made it, if there would have been a part three about that. I think that would have well, made it was this HGH, more complete. So. Just, <laughs> For, yeah. <laughs> for me and that would have been great too because then we would have had that lance armstrong back yeah. come back down come back <laughs> asshole you know it, we would have had that right we'd have had that complete circle we wouldn't have cared anymore but 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 so so that i thought was so short uh, a such a short part of this this documentary that 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 part i was really disappointed in but i'll <laughs> i'll say this that it was it was entertaining, and I couldn't. I, and I was like, "You guys, I couldn't figure out if they were really trying to bash Tiger or build up Tiger and say this is why this happened. This is why this happened." I, you know, I kept waiting for that yeah. point when the when the first girlfriend was going to say, "And that's the night I lost my virginity." <laughs> I was just waiting for that. And if I'd have heard it, I'd have said, "Yep, I know what this is about. Mm-hmm. Right, this is about some folks making some money." But I never heard that. And, 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 and I'm, you know, I'm pretty naive on a lot of stuff, but a lot of those guys, as I was watching them, they're getting paid to be there, right? Let's just not be, let's don't kid ourselves. They're getting paid to be up there, Mm -hmm. but that pro at their home golf course there at the, at the, at the Bay joint base effort or whatever that the air force base there Mm -hmm. in uh, San Diego, you could tell, I really could tell that he felt bad about doing it, but he felt like it was the right thing to do to say, okay, I I need to come clean on this. I wasn't good. His father wasn't good. He saw this going on. I'm sorry, Tiger. This was my opportunity. Because Tiger Woods not ever talking to that guy again unless something weird happens. He's never going to do it because his life is different. This was his chance to put it on record. I'm sorry. And I just thought that was that was really interesting and it was it was good TV if if that was a true case. Mm-hmm. It really I I just thought it was really interesting and explained a lot. Like I said, I, I man, it, it was not the last dance by any stretch of the imagination, but it, it certainly was an interesting piece of of, of documentary yeah. film. I do feel like it's interesting, LJ, and something I did not think about until you brought it up, but how it is easy to root for when a team is so good, like the Patriots. It's easy to like, I'm sick of them. I think the reason to go to what you were saying, I think the reason we might root against the Patriots there is because – a lot of times when it's a team sport, you have a favorite mm-hmm. team and you're kind of jealous of those fans and that team that they're always yeah. in it. Whereas golf, you don't necessarily have a favorite team. You have players you really like, 
But you don't expect, like Tony was saying, he's rooting for John Daly. You don't expect John Daly to win every yeah. time. So, yeah, when John Daly's in the hunt, you're definitely rooting for him to beat Tiger maybe. But you're not mad to see Tiger win because you don't. I don't know. It's interesting the the, the thought process behind a separate, like a single player sport. And then yeah, I wonder if like tennis works in the same way. Are there? I mean, because there, I guess there are like Serena Williams haters, right? Like that's a real thing. So yeah. I guess yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I do like uh, you know I like throwing out some good stats, and I got one from the Golf right. Channel here from 1997 through 2008. Tiger Woods was a combined 126 under par Jeez. in majors. There are 138 players who played at least 40 rounds in major championships in that span. Among that group, Woods was a staggering 189 shots better than anyone else. Wow. 189 shots better than anyone else that played at least 40 rounds in that span. I, the dominance that he had on golf in that span is unbelievable. I don't know if it's matching. It's, I know we talked about Tom Brady's dominance at times, but just that 11-year yeah. span, Woods was almost a lot to win. You, I don't know how you bet against him. And that was back when you had Woods or the Fields. It was Tiger or the Field in like yeah. every single round. Yeah. 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 And I don't know. I, I'll say this. I, I, You know, a lot of folks that listen to this podcast are going to be too young. to. They just weren't watching golf at that time. And I know, Liff and I, it's not like we sat around every Saturday and Sunday to watch golf. But right. if you ever watched Tiger Woods play, it was and, – and I did a lot. But, it, you know – you just were just amazed. There's just the next shot and the next shot and the next shot. It's just, just like, how, how, how can you, I play golf and there's no fucking way I could hit anything like it. Now, I, but you watch these other guys and the other guys are standing around going, there's no fucking way I could hit that shot. And here's Tiger out there doing it. It was, it was really fun to watch and amazing to watch. He, he during that time period that he was on top of his game, I, I don't know that any, anyone, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, anyone was as dominant in their field as Tiger Woods was in that time frame. Yeah. I wonder if we could get, um, I don't know if you ever will, but just I've heard some Tiger Woods talking and having interviews like on Scott Van Pelt and things. And it seems like he's really found himself later in life and kind of knows who he who he is. And, and I, I couldn't help but think about this a lot here recently because I watched that documentary and then I've been thinking about Kobe Bryant and leaving some pieces on him because it was the one year anniversary since he passed away. And I, it made me almost more sad on the Kobe Bryant stuff because I felt like we actually got the real Kobe Bryant here right before he passed away. He he realized, oh, it's not all about winning. He, he's a big champion for women's sports and, and women's basketball in particular and coaching his daughter and the whole girl dad thing. And it made me sad that we didn't get more of Kobe Bryant because I think we finally realized who he really is as a person. And I think Tiger Woods is that now. You kind of – you just can't be normal from that span when he's 18 to 30. It, and it's hard to be normal. It's, it's hard to be normal when you're normal. To people. I mean, I could only imagine if yeah. you're yeah. a billionaire. Well, I was going to say, sh- show me anybody that is 40, say, that still acts the same as they were when they were 18 yeah. to 22 – and I'll show you a loser. I mean, I'll show yeah. you a loser. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got yeah. to grow up. You, you, and you do. You do. You grow up. Uh, you know, some people have kids, and you just realize that it's not all about me mm-hmm. anymore. You know, there, there's a lot of growing up that happens there. And and Kobe changed. He yeah. was he was kind of a dick in his early, you know. He, no, time. he was. He, he was. was a dick when he was young. There's a lot of books that document it. And there's no doubt about it. But but he really turned into what seemed like a really great guy. And I think he had a lot. A lot still to offer. I, I, R.I.P. Kobe. I miss you, dude. Yeah, and and now I hope that it just. 
I it was it was amazing to me to, to wrap up to put a bow on that documentary. It really was. I knew it was going to be similar similar to the last answer. You just like couldn't believe how really dominant he was. Tiger Woods was just that awesome. I mean, he was just amazing. And I, I'll be if another documentary comes out, I'll probably watch it because it's just interesting as someone who enjoys sports and kind of seeing the history of it. That was that was it was cool. I wasn't sure if it was takedown or not, but it was cool. It was a good I, both of those. I yeah the the last two documentaries. The last dance in this one, they've been great. Uh, this sports documentary, I mean, it's like good. I'm not going, it's like it. the 30 for 30 yeah. ori- like starting days. Like, it's it, it's kind of great every time they make a good sports documentary. Yeah. I'm in, and when they start making a series of them in a row, boy, yeah, I'm good. That's happy. I'm, I'm gonna have to wait till I'm over 70 to watch Ken Burns baseball, though. <laughs> I, that's just too damn slow. <laughs> so I, now I want to switch gears, and I don't know. I might not be able to keep up with you guys here because I tried to read about this, and it was hard for me to understand what's going on. But can someone explain to me what the hell is going on with the stocks and GameStop? Which, if you think about GameStop, they shouldn't be doing very well because GameStop's made off buying like hard copy games and stuff, and now like everything's turning to where you buy it online. And I don't understand why their stocks would be skyrocketing yet they were. And apparently, there was like a group on Reddit that was behind. Yep shorting people and then screwing over the one percent and the hedge fund people and watch can someone explain what the hell is going on with gamestop yeah, this me. is good yeah this is good and and so i know lj um uh, tell me tell me uh, tell me yeah i guess i can tell you what i know and you can fill this. in the blanks maybe explain yeah. it to like, kevin. yeah explain it to kevin and, so, then, and a pause <laughs> so okay so i think the premise starts out with uh um there's this there's this community on reddit called wall street bets and it's where a lot of people uh, do a lot of day trading. Um, and they like, as a group, sort of talk about day trading, but like in a very meme-centric sort of way. Like they're just internet goofballs, essentially, what they've always been. Um, and so... Um, <laughs> they're nerds. Oh, it's just called nerds, nerds and geeks. Nerds and geeks is very accurate. But also, but also, like, you know, just, just like weirdo millennials with a little bit of extra change that are wasting time. You know? Um, so anyway... I think a lot of companies saw your logic, Kevin. They, they saw the GameStop stock rose because they sold a lot of inventory because all of the new uh, systems have come out. But now that there are no new systems on the, the horizon and we are in a pandemic and people don't need to buy physical copies of games anyway, they're thinking, oh, well, the GameStop stock is going to fall. And so they decide to short this, which if I, I only know of what shorting is through the movie, The Big Short, I need to learn more about it. But it is a phenomenal <laughs> movie. I think it's pretty educational. Good movie. It is really um, good. <laughs> but so Reddit was like, uh, so shorting is betting that the stock price is going to go down is the, the, the basic, basic version of what shorting is. And so this Reddit community was like, no, screw you guys. It's going up. And so they just started buying so even though they didn't think it was a good stock, they just were buying it I to think make it go more up. More or less right? for memes, yeah. More or less to just prove that they they're they are as stupid as they say they are. And apparently there are a lot of them and they have a lot of money. So they are actually manipulating the stock market on a level that like just a bunch of idiots on the internet have never been able to, like like at a level that hedge funds usually are able to, but pretend that they don't a lot. Um so I that's about as all I know is that I think uh they they found some companies, the some some one percent hedge fund managers um, that they decided, ah, screw you guys. We're smarter than you because we're idiots and you're idiots and we're just smarter idiots. And they're proven they've got some weight. Um, is is all I really know. So 
So Tony, by them buying it up, it screws over the the uh, the, the hedge fund people that were trying to short it, right? Yeah. So what happens? What, what happened, happened was, was um, uh, yeah, I should have talked about this before I finished this. Double <laughs> um, so, um, so LJ has it exactly correct. So, so GameStop, a penny stock type, <laughs> low low price. They're pushing this thing up. So. Um, hedge funds came in and bought a certain percentage of a of a of a short on this or a put to 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 so that knew the stock's gonna go down. Well, all of a sudden they start buying up, but where it screws those hedge fund guys is like, okay, well, we've got to stop our loss. It's not that they're taking a big loss and they can't handle it. We just wanna we wanna limit it. So they start buying the stock to oh. limit their short loss. So all of a sudden it becomes an avalanche because of this penny stock. And all of a sudden you see it, something goes from $5, $10, $20, $40, $60, $80. All of a sudden you're seeing this huge growth in this stock because the hedge funds have to come back in and try to limit their losses on all hmm. the puts they have by what these guys did. And now what has happened now, and AMC entertainment is the same way. Who's 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 buying movie stock right now, right? <laughs> who's going to the movies? Nobody. So you know, so so the same thing happened. This thing got low. Okay, well the pandemic's going to end, so this stock might go up. No, it's, but it's overpriced because we've had a big stock rally and we've hit this thirty thousand cap. And now the the you know the the bears are starting to loom. That hey, we've hit a bubble. Things are going to pop. So all of a sudden, people start shorting these stocks. Well, same thing. Hey, what if we do this? And so now all of a sudden these hedge fund guys are coming in, but it's such a small stock that all of a sudden when the hedge funds start going against these Reddit guys and and what's interesting is, and this may be a, a harbinger, but it you know, it's folks that that put money in Robinhood or yeah. Acorns and mm. are buying these penny stocks that are buying five, ten dollars, and they are looking at Reddit and they are looking at these blogs and stuff, and they're all of a sudden going out there and making the decision to go buy stock because it costs them. Eh, it's a hundred bucks. When when there's a hundred thousand people with a hundred bucks, all of a sudden it's this huge play on the stock market. And so now these hedge fund guys are going, "What the hell? We thought we were just hedging here with a uh, short on this stock, and now we got to go buy back in." And these guys have just rolled the roller coaster, a lot like the dot com bubbles we saw twenty years ago, twenty twenty five years ago. So we'll see what happens. Uh, because when that last, the last time we had the dot com bubble, the stock markets put in some rules that didn't allow this kind of run up on these these types of stocks. But it's it's really cool that these just freaks yeah. and geeks have gone <laughs> out there and gate and, and put GameStop into this this category of that the Wall Street Wall Street people are starting to report on it. And it's the, the, nobody should be talking about GameStop <laughs> except for free or Reddit. <laughs> and so it's just, yeah, it's amazing. And, and so that's the deal is that they brought these hedge fund guys to their knees and not to their knees, but like, oh, we never should have been. Yeah, fucking they'll, around they'll be fine for people. sure. But yeah, they'll, they'll be fine. Yeah. No, nobody's 401ks needs to worry about what happens to GameStop and AMC Entertainment. Everything's going to be fine. But it's just really interesting to see. That these guys that uh, that played in the market, these these uh, penny stock folks, really hit him and caught him in this in this shorting. The it stock. was it was all it was interesting to me to see. I was seeing some interviews and some some big guys came on AMC or not uh, CNBC and some different things, and they were like complaining about 
how they're able to do all this to us and they're able to screw us over and they shouldn't be able to. And LJ kind of mentioned it. The one percenters, the, the hedge fund people have been doing this too. Like it's not, they're just mad that they finally got to me hit with the same thing they've been doing yeah. to the other people. And they're like, oh, it doesn't feel good to be on the loose. Well, end they're not supposed thing. to be. That's not how the system's built. Yeah. Hey, I, I, the way I look at it, the, the millennials finally figured out the free market. <laughs> yeah, baby. All right. <laughs> Welcome to capitalism. <laughs> 22 <laughs> <years>. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. That is so, about so it. So, Liff, what that tells you is go get you a Robinhood account and start and start uh, investing in something. I mean, if you're, not, if you're not yeah. looking at Wall Street bets, if you, if you have any interest in investing, then you're probably missing out. I mean, you, you ought to at least, like, keep an eye on it, even if it means nothing, you know. Just be aware of what these idiots are doing because they're powerful idiots. Yeah. Because if enough idiots get together and make enough idiotic decisions, then all of a sudden, hey man, it's just like it's just like (laughs) betonline.ag. Pops, as we wrap up, is there is there a anything this week for your favorite thing that didn't get on the pod? Yeah, I do have yes. one thing, but I, I do want to clarify. Can I clarify my lyric real quick? So I, I, I thought about it, and I want to give NDRE. I want to give her credit. So NDRE said, "Back when I had a little, I thought that I wanted a lot. A little is overrated, but a lot is a little too complicated." That's a, that's a good line, y'all. That's that a one's lyric. a lot better than the way you said it the first time. Yeah, yeah. A similarly poetic line is uh, uh, "Mo money, mo problems" from uh, from Puff Daddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a notorious B.I.G. Uh, Mace. Yeah, <laughs> same sentiment, pure uh, words. So this occurred to me the other day, and I don't know if it bugs anybody else, but like when something's in the dryer, just clanking, clanking, clanking. Does that bug the shit out of anybody else? Because it doesn't seem to in my house. It doesn't matter. Like something, you know, it's just clank, clank, clank in the dryer. I have to go. When that happens to me, I have to go dig all my crap out of the dryer. And I find that quarter I left in my damn shorts, you know, that's just clanking. Does that, that just annoys me? So what you're saying, so what you're saying out of me. In the Luttinger residence, everyone else can ignore it and just keep watching but your not, show. Not you me. cannot. <laughs> I cannot. Lifford. It annoys it the to, piss out of me. I'm with Lifford. It, it used to not bother me until I started working from home and my home office is on the other side of the wall from the dryer. <laughs> and now, yeah, I want to know what the hell that is banging up against the wall. And so inevitably, you have to pull every single article of clothing out to find that quarter that you left, somebody left in a pocket. Uh, but again, I'm the only one that it seems to bother. I don't know. You know what is the worst, Pops? So sometimes you leave a little bit too much change. Like it's like multiple quarters in your pocket and you hear some clanking. And yeah. you go in there, you dig you through find all of it and quarter. Quarter out. And you shut what? it thinking, all right, solve that problem. And you go sit back down and hit play on your Tiger Woods documentary. Right. And then all of a sudden, clank, clank, clank. I don't know. I want to be, yeah, I want to be clear about this. It, if you've left more than one quarter in your pocket and that goes to the dryer, somebody is sending you a message. I'm just saying that, that the reason you got to get up is because somebody's saying, Quit leaving the damn change in your pocket. <laughs> I don't know. That's y'all got some bougie problems as far as I'm concerned because I don't know what an in-unit washer and dryer sounds like. And my quarters have all been spent on the said laundry. So, you know, I don't know. If I ever have that problem, I'll let you know. But for now, <laughs> bougie? 
Bougie problems? I like that. Oh, that's funny. Bougie problems. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it for us. Make sure that you oh, are wait, wait. Can I, can, I, can I request oh, something wait, for wait. our listeners? Okay, so I've got this like hi-fi music listening situation going, and I really would just love like a a bunch of suggestions, especially a music that you would expect that I don't listen to a lot. I want to listen to everything. I want to listen to like well-produced music. I want to listen to uh, just anything you can come up with that you think you like, even if you don't think I'd like it. I want any suggestions. And if somebody has a suggestion, Kevin, where can they reach out to us and let us know? They can either reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter. Just search Just Press Play Pod. Or you can find us on wherever you get your podcast, Spotify or Apple. And you can leave us a little rate and review. And then pop in there. You can just pop in there and be like, hey, yeah, I yeah, check yeah. this I'll out. There. And all rates and reviews help. Usually the better ones help <laughs> a little more. But any rate and review helps if you can get on there. And then LJ needs some suggestions. He needs some music playing through them things. Well, let's just, I just want to ask Tony's opinion because he's, he's yeah. more of the resident baseball guy here. So nobody the the basketball hall of fame I, I I they annoy me because it seems like everybody and their mom gets into the basketball hall of fame they just let them if you scored a few if you averaged eighteen points for fifteen years then you're going to get in the hall of fame well now I just real I saw the baseball hall of fame nobody I believe got in this Correct. class and now Correct. like a bunch of people are complaining saying like Kurt Schneider was like I'm not even going to put my name on the list I don't want to be on there next year and and someone else said it and Barry Bonds one of the names left off what. Why is the Baseball Hall of Fame different and seem to be more staunch on their voting? They have a higher level of uh, percentage. It's a per- by percentage of voters, and they have so many voters. So you have to get X percentage of vote to, to be in the Hall of Fame. So you could have one or 100 people get in the Hall of Fame every year because mm-hmm. if all of the people vote for all of uh, – if all of the voters voted for 100 people, then 100 people would go in the Hall of Fame. But there's such a differing opinion in some of those writers that they don't always get that majority. And so you have years like this where nobody goes in. And well, it, um oh, go ahead, sorry. And so it's uh so but the thing is, and here's where Kurt Schilling is a punk, is because <laughs> you're it's right. It's been like that it's been that way since nineteen oh eight. It nothing's changed. So when he started playing baseball, this was the rule. When he finished playing baseball, this was the rule. I don't know why he's pissed off about it. You weren't a Hall of Famer, motherfucker. You didn't get voted. (laughs) You know, sorry. That's the rule. Maybe in the Boston Hall of Fame. Sure, you're in there. Maybe in the Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, wherever you're from, you're in the Hall of Fame. Sure. In the Baseball Hall of Fame? No. That's the rule. And he can whine and bitch and moan about it, but that's the rule. All he wants to. That's the rule. Well, and I was reading about it, Kevin, too, and, uh, and, and there seem to be like three philosophies for Hall of Fame voters in the MLB. One is the small hall, which is where they believe that only the best and the brightest should be in the Hall of Fame. Like the biggest star of every decade might be all you need, potentially depending on the decade. Like you really don't need every – like you're talking about with the NBA, let's not have this problem. And then there are the people that believe that uh, they want a reasonably sized Hall of Fame, but they don't want people that maybe make the game look bad. So they don't want the, you know, Sammy Sosa's in there or the Barry Bonds's potentially or the Pete Rose's. Um, and then the, the third and final group is the warts and all group where they want the Hall of Fame to show what baseball was. 
And so, I mean, it's kind of the history of baseball, right? Well, it depends on what it's the hall of fame. It's not the the museum, right? So, so it, I could see any of the three. I don't, I don't know where I'd stand because I'm not invested in baseball as much, but I think like there could be a conversation that football might should have, you know, as, as something I'm kind of invested in. Do we want every player in there? Do we want, I mean, we talked about Julian, Julian Edelman as a potential hall of famer like a year ago, and he's got his steroid problems. Do we really want that to be represented in our hall of fame or do we want to, pretend like steroids don't happen in football. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's kind of an interesting conversation, I think. Yeah. Tony, what's your thought to that? Yeah. You know, it, it just depends because I'm with LJ. I think sometimes the NFL hall of fame is, is a little bit cheapened by some of the guys that are in there, all really good football players, but were they great football players? Where do you draw the line? The, 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 the baseball hall of fame are Great players. Yeah. Now there are some very political situations that go on. Should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? I'm going to say yes. This is what makes baseball such a great sport. Everybody's got an opinion, and it's it's so interesting about it. I, I, should Barry Bonds be in the Hall of Fame? I would probably say yes. Well, but, especially Bud Selig's in there, right? And that was the well, steroid era. Yeah, yeah, his doing. So yes. yeah, Bud so, Selig, yeah. the commissioner of the MLB during the steroid era, who didn't implement a PED testing until 2004, is a Hall of Famer. Barry Bonds, who used PEDs during the steroid era and never failed a test once they implemented a PED testing in 2004, well, and is not in the technically. Hall of Famer. I don't think I, Barry Bonds ever actually broke the the rules of baseball. It was more the the essence yeah, right. of what we want baseball to be. Like when he right. was doing potentially steroids, steroids were okay. They weren't in the rules. You know, you, there was no conversation about him. And then even if he was taking HGH at the end of his career, there was only like two years of his career where HGH was banned. So um, it's kind of a hard conversation. It's not easy. It's a hard conversation. And that's what makes baseball so unique. Yeah. It, is they have it because it, it's an opinion. Barry Bonds will be in the Hall of Fame at some point in time. I, I really so. do. I right. do too. Now, and and he, here here's another thing. So Hank Aaron just passed away this past week. Yes. And, and Rest in peace. So here's a guy who did it the right way. And there will be baseball guys that say there is no way that Barry Bonds should be in the same Hall of Fame as Hank Aaron. Even though he broke his record, he didn't do it the way Hank Aaron had to do it. And uh, having to do having to take care of the hate mail and the the heckling and mm-hmm. everything that he went through, Hank Aaron is a better player than Barry Bonds, so Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. There's going to be those people that say that. When the majority don't say it, that's when Barry Bonds will be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I, you just mentioned Hank Aaron, and uh, my buddy Jared sent me this message when he when he saw they passed away, and I didn't know this, but Hank Aaron at one point made twenty five consecutive All Star teams. Wow, that is wild. Yeah. As, as much as we and and we don't have time, I know we're done, but as much as we've talked about all these folks in football tonight, um, I, I, I don't baseball follower or not, I, I don't know that there was ever a better player in his sport. Than Hammer and Hank Aaron. If you go back and look at what happened, the way the game was played at that time, and what he produced for his teams, there, there's probably never been a better player than than Hank Aaron. I'll just say that, and and it, it just phenomenal the numbers he put up and the longevity and and, and what he did is just phenomenal. Well, I feel like I have to ask now then, um, Prime Tiger or Hank Aaron? Man, that is good. I, oh, um, such different sports. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I, Tiger did things athletically that no one has ever done before with a golf ball. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say that. And and uh, and for Hank, 
there were other people that were doing that with the baseball. Uh, he just, just not as well. He just did it so well. Yeah. And consistently. Time. Yeah. So, for for yeah. decades. Yeah. <laughs> Longevity, Hank. Yeah. Uh, uh, for that period of time, probably Tiger. Yeah. All right. So I've, I've learned uh, a little bit about Tiger's history this past week. I got I know how awesome Hank is. And I also know before I throw my clothes in the washer to get them quarters out of my damn <laughs> pockets. <laughs> So we really touched on them all today. We touched I mean, on stocks go up, money printer go burn. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we will be back next week to really we'll lock in our picks for the Chiefs Bucks Super Bowl. We'll look at some game props, let you know you know how long the national anthem is. Will a word be skipped on the national anthem by accident? That's a bet. There's all of it over at Bet Online. We'll be here to break it all down for you, and we'll be back next week. Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Twitter, Just Press Play Podcast. Guys, I will talk to you later. Peace. Go. Peace. So, instead of a lot next week, I just want to be able to play. Can I, can I just tell you guys what I'd rather spend my money on? Is that a I, 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 I saw the chance. Okay. Yeah, you just made it. I mean, I got a quick question based on something. Tony used to work phenomenal affair a few times in the pod. And so, what is that song that's like? I drank phenomenal of rye. No, I know. I was saying some words, but I just called.